I don't usually do this, but I just feel like I just I just feel this uh, unction that it would be a good morning. Somebody somebody in this room has a good praise to give. You have you have a a good testimony. Now I don't want to hear no stories about how the devil's been on your back, chased you around the stump, run you through barbed wire, and you've been in the briar path. I don't want to hear that. Okay, I want to hear something remarkable that God has done in your life. Who's got Who's got something to say that God has done remarkable in your life? You do you do you want to come up come up here? I want to come up come come here where we can hear you. Come up here where we can hear you. I want to hear something remarkable this morning. It's amazing that um, I was just thinking that. Um, Tuesday, my son and I, we live in South Boston, Virginia, and a tornado hit. And I've never been in a tornado in all my life. I'm a mountain girl. And um, the winds were blowing, and it got black, and the sirens started going off, and we were scared. And we were in a we were in a beauty salon of all places, and we were huddled up in a in a doorway. And I led prayer with with five other ones, and that tornado passed over, and and I knew God was with us. And then again on Thursday, my son and my husband were in a car accident, and again, God saved us. God saved them, and it's just been a remarkable week. Just to feel his protection over my family. Amen. Uh, Amen. Thank you. I appreciate that. Amen. You see, you see, God is in the midst of the storm. He's in the midst of accidents. He, he's, he is, you know, he didn't say that we wouldn't have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but he did say, I will go with you. My rod and my staff will comfort you. And here's the important thing to me when I think about that, 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 that famous psalm that David wrote in a time of grief is, he said, yea, though I walk through. You see, he says, I go through. He didn't say, I'm going to stop. I'm going to set up camp. I'm going to build me a new house in the valley of shadow of death. No, 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 no. He said, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And he said, but I'm not doing it alone. Can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise today? How wonderful he is. Is somebody else... Is there somebody else in this room right now? Just, again, you, you've got something to praise God for. Is there anybody else? Real quickly. Real quickly. I want to give you the opportunity. All right, praise team. Thank you so much for being here today. God bless you and uh, for leading us in worship. We appreciate you and, and everybody that even the unseens upstairs sometimes, you know, we've got people up there that make part of uh, a big part of our worship service and uh, and we appreciate everybody that's doing everything now I think that uh, uh, mr. Scott's at the back door and uh, and miss Robin is our she is our resident children's church leader uh, this morning and uh, so they're at the back door if you're between the ages of uh, of two and eleven. We'd love for you to just feel welcome to go to Children's Church. Now, Mr. Chase and Miss Hay- and Miss Haley, we sent them on an adventure. We sent them down to Lynchburg, Virginia, to Tree of Life Ministries this weekend, and they're going to Children's Church down there. And uh, it's one of the most, the most phenomenal children's churches in all of the International Pentecostal Holiness denomination, maybe the greatest children's church, and we wanted to send them down and uh, they are observing and watching, and I'm just excited what they're going to bring back from Lynchburg 
to make part of our children's church just a little bit better than it already is. So we appreciate them and we appreciate those that are subbing uh, today as well. I want to welcome you home to Voice of Praise Worship Center. If you did not get a card... Uh, if you are a first-time guest or you haven't been here in a long time, you should have gotten a little slip of paper, a little card, and that is a connect card. If you would fill that out for us, if you haven't done so already, we've got a nice little gift for you to remember us by here at Voice of Praise. Now, when you fill out that card, I, there's a few things that, that, that we want to accomplish. We don't want, we do want to get to know you just a little bit better, but I will promise you that we're not going to start sending you, uh, mass emails, text messages, and we will not be calling you to tell you that your car insurance has expired on your 1981 Kia, okay? But we do want to get to know you just a little bit better. So thank you for doing that for us, and we're glad to have you here today. Just in case you might want to slip out before we conclude service and go into announcements, let me give you a... Uh, let me give you a little preempt announcement if I can. To this evening at 5 o'clock, during the winter months, we do family fun nights, family nights coming together just to have fellowship one with another. And uh, tonight is the first one of this winter season, and we're meeting at 5 o'clock. You're invited. Bring a snack food. We're going to play games. If you got a game, uh, board game or something that you'd like to play, bring a game. We have lots of fun. We have lots of laughs. Come be with us this evening at 5 o'clock and until we get ready to go. And it doesn't cost you anything. Uh, I have personally smoked a whole pork butt. And we're going to have some barbecue pork sliders tonight. So you bring whatever else you want to to go with it. They're good until they're gone. I don't know. depends on how hungry you guys are. I kept telling Sarah, I said, this is not big enough. This is not big enough. She said, it's going to be all right. She's comforting like that. It's going to be all right. But come join us tonight. We would love to have you at 5 o'clock. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me, if you would, into... Uh, the Psalms, Psalms 34, and I'm, I, I use the New American Standard, uh, Bible, that wording, that version's wording, uh, this morning because I just like it better for some of the scriptures that we're going to be using. I've got several verses of scripture if you, uh, as you're looking for Psalms, Psalms is right in the middle of your Bible. If you'll turn over into your New Testament, you also find there, uh, if you would, the book of Romans. And, uh, the book of Romans is a wonderful book. It's sort of, it encapsulates the, the entire New Testament. And then you can turn over just a little bit further to the right in your, uh, New Testament and you will find the book of Hebrews. And, and don't worry, I'm not reading entire chapters, but I want to pull some scripture from each of those, uh, each of those books of the Bible this morning. So, with your Bibles turned to Psalms 34 and Verse number one, you could read the verse along with me. It's a psalm of David. I included that heading. It's the psalm of David or a psalm of David that was written just as he pretended to be insane with Abimelech. He was fearful of his life. If you study scripture, you find David act like he was crazy. 
just to spare his life. There's been a few times I think I may have done that. I don't know. My wife says sometimes I'm not acting. I'm just plain crazy. But David wrote this psalm. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Flip on over to Romans chapter 12 and see Paul writing there and Paul writing to the church at Rome. Paul said, uh, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters. That means the church, okay? He, he's not writing this to the unsaved crowd. I urge you brothers and sisters by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice Acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. I know that's a little bit different, those last few words. If you're looking at the King James, I think it says your reasonable service. But but I like the way the NASB interprets that. It says, which is your spiritual service of worship. Let's go forward just a little bit more to Hebrews chapter 13. In Hebrews chapter 13, you find that the Hebrew writer penned, Through him, then, let's continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips praising his name. Wow. I want to preach to you this morning with the thought in mind, uh, the essence of worship. The essence of worship. If I were to privately take a poll of this room as to what worship is, there's probably some 100, maybe 100 to 110 people sitting in this room this morning. But as I... I I would take a poll, I would probably find out there's probably just about as many different answers or definitions, self-thought of definitions or descriptions of worship as there are number of people in this room. Some of you would describe worship as raising hands. Some of you would describe worship as we just completed. That's what we call it most of the time. The singing of songs. Some of you would think of worship as being standing. Would you all, Pam says this all the time, would you all stand in worship? Some of us would think of worship as sitting. Sitting before the Lord. Spending some time with Jesus. Some of you would think of worship as kneeling. Some of us would think of worship as weeping, tears of sorrow or joy. Some of us, no doubt, We'll think of worship as shout. Some of us 
Some of us think of worship as praying. Some of us think of worship as indulging in Scripture. Y'all want to know which one of you is correct? Every single one of you. Every single one of you are correct. But you may not participate in every single one of the descriptive terms that I've just read off. And that, that's not all of them. That's just the ones I could think of and, and, and came to my mind as being the more prominent. You see, all of us are correct. All of these things are engaging in worship. We refer to our music segment as worship. We call to, we call our gatherings as worship gatherings. We call our offering worship in giving. And it is. So, but what exactly is worship? What exactly is worship? I hope I can clarify that for you a little bit this morning. Ron Owens, which is a worship leader, he's a musician and and uh, uh, singer and songwriter, uh, he wrote this. He said, worship is the response of an adoring heart to the magnificence of God. In the truest sense of the word, it is the occupation of the created with the creator himself. It is the pure joy of magnifying the ones, the one whose name is above every other name. That's a pretty significant definition. And as we think about that and, and ponder on what Worship really is, I don't think you can capsulize worship into one particular thing. But perhaps that is that part of the error of our ways. You see, because in the error of our ways, and I know there's two or three of you in the room here that's without error, but I'm not one of those two or three, okay? You know, I told some of you a few weeks ago, my, my wife, she, she told me a while back that I was the model husband. And I looked up the word model in the dictionary and it said the small replica of the real thing. So, you know, I didn't know. None of us are, none of us are per se model Christian. The era of our face. You see, when our thought process begins to think of worship as an event, when we begin to think of worship as an event or something that takes place, our thinking really has become misconstrued or perhaps we lack uh, true discipleship in the matter of worship and we're missing the true essence of worship because worship is not necessarily an event or happening. The essence of worship is, in its true essence, worship is an attitude of the heart that is expressed in our daily living, not just in our daily living, but with our daily living. In other words, worship is a lifestyle. It's an anytime activity and it's not to be confused with a certain event. So if we wait till Sunday to worship, we don't worship a whole lot. If we wait till we're at church to worship, we don't worship a whole lot. We're only in church. Typically in America, uh, most 
church, what people that consider themselves church attenders are not even in church because a lot of people now that consider themselves regular church attenders don't even attend church, but twice a month or less. But they consider themselves, their mindset is regular church attenders. But if you take that and you go to a one hour service a week, well, I'm not real good at math, but I figure if you only go two times a month and the service is only an hour long, well, your worship time has been very limited. You get my, you get to drift. So worship is more than an event. It's worship goes beyond just coming to church. And, and I'm going to touch on that a little bit more, hopefully, before we get done this morning. But 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 here's the fa- fallacy of event-driven worship. You know, we don't hear revivals like we used to, you know, revival meetings. Y'all, y'all, y'all remember those meetings when you had a revival once a month? At least a weekend revival once a month. Uh, you know, you, you remember the, the, the days that, that, that when you, when you, you know, you had these crusades and all like that. And those things are sort of passed away. And, and listen, I'm not downplaying those. I'm not criticizing them. I think they had great value. I can remember a time in my life where I went to revival service every night. For eight weeks, I went to service every single night. I can remember times like that. I can remember a friend of mine just up the road here a little ways in Giles County, Virginia, that had a revival. That lasted months. The Brownsville thing, you know, the Brownsville revival, it lasted for months and months and months. And and and, and I'm not speaking, and I'm not saying that those things are wrong, but but there, there is some fallacy in event-driven worship. There's some fallacies in that. You see, because what happens, our worship becomes limited to our atmosphere. What we can, what happens to us, we can become dependent on. Have have any of you all y'all don't y'all know what a fire truck is? You know, big red truck with the light on it goes round and round. Got the syringe on it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Have any of y'all ever chased one? Any of y'all ever followed one just to see where it's going? Hmm. I have. You ever got pinned in traffic doing that? I have. You ever had the police tell you you need to turn around for for following the fire truck? But 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 when 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 our worship becomes event driven, what we find ourselves is sort of like chasing a fire truck. We're chasing it, looking for the next best thing. We're chasing. I'm not preaching against going to church by any means. Go to church as much as you want to. Bless God. But what I'm saying about, what I'm speaking about is the essence of worship and the worship of our heart. Because when our worship becomes limited to our atmosphere, here's what happens. We find ourselves only being able to worship at a designated time in a particular posture to a certain style of music and perhaps even only when certain people are present. Hello. Nobody's shouting just yet. Nobody's shouting just yet. You see, if if our worship is dependent on some outside atmosphere being just right, then our worship may not be as pure worship as we think it is. Hello? Well, I only go to, I can only worship to this style of music. I only worship to that style of music. 
Well, I, I will, I'll, I'll just be honest, and this is not about music this morning, but I'll be honest with you. I, I, don't, I don't know that Jesus prefers Southern gospel, uh, modern praise and worship, uh, some of the, this, uh, the hip hop worship music. I, I don't, I don't even know that he prefers gospel rap. One over top of another. What God is looking for, He's looking for worship that brings Him glory and honor. And it, He's not interested in the style. We get hung up on those things. He's not interested in what the name is over the door or anything like that. He is interested in the sincerity of the heart. I want to share with you some examples of, of any time worshipers. The first any time worshiper that I want to to share with you or point out to you is a guy named David. He happened to be a king. Second Samuel chapter twelve. You read about this king. This king had failed miserably. He had he had had a he had had a a, a an affair with a woman that of course was not his wife. She was a married woman. Most of us in this room know that story. Nathan the prophet comes and he confronts David concerning the adulterous sin that he has committed with Bathsheba. The judgment of a righteous God was invoked upon King David. If you don't believe me, read it. Second Samuel chapter 12. The child that David and Uriah had had together, had conceived together, that child became sick. For six days, David lays in sackcloth and he lays in ashes and he doesn't eat. He doesn't wash his face. Nothing happened for six days. The seventh day, that child died. Lord, that's terrible. Surely God's not a God like that. Let me tell you another message, but this is a good place to insert this. God is full of grace and God is full of love and God is full of mercy. But I want you to understand, we even need to thank God we live in the New Testament church where grace and love and mercy is active. But there is coming a day when the God of all judgment, the God of all creation, the God that is righteous in all his ways and doeth is going to judge the earth and he will judge us. The seventh day that child dies. And as that child dies, read it for yourself. David gets up out of his sackcloth and ashes. He gets up, washed and anointed himself with oils, and immediately he didn't go see Bathsheba. He didn't go see the rest of his family. Immediately, David went and he worshipped. You see, his worship wasn't based... In fact, David probably... One would think he would have done the opposite. His son has just died. What a time to go and worship, right? You see, worship, the essence of worship is not found in the circumstance of our surrounding. The essence of worship is found in our love and our adoration for the Lord. There's a prayer that's connected with that event. It's found in Psalm 51. It is Psalm 51. David's prayer has found in Psalm 51 is worded this way. Save me from the guilt of bloodshed, God, the God of my salvation. Then my tongue will joyfully sing of your righteousness. Lord, open my lips so that my mouth may declare your praise. 
For you do not delight in sacrifice, otherwise I would give it to you. You do not take pleasure in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. God, you will not despise. You see, David, David realized, David understood in the, listen, the Bible calls, God called David the man after his own heart. It's not because David was perfect in his doings. We already know that. But it's because David had a sincere heart of worship. He understood the essence of worship. He understood that his spirit needed to be broken and submissive to the Spirit of God. For that is truly worship. The second example I want to give you was a guy named Job. Spelled J-O-B. Now for those of you that are Without one, that might scare you to death because you may think it's a job. Job. Most of us know the story. Job lost everything that he possessed. Not only all of his livestock and, and all of his wealth and all of his family, but he even lost his health. There's an old adage out that says if you got your health, you've got everything. Well, if that be true, Job had lost it all. Job had lost it all. But then we find in chapter 1, verse 20 through 21, it says, Then Job got up, he tore his robe, he shaved his head, and he fell to the ground, and he worshipped. See, the circumstance, sometimes the way we observe it, didn't look deserving. Job had lost everything. Including his health. But yet, he did those things to show grief and lament by tearing his robe, shaving his head. But he fell to the ground and he worshipped. And Job said those infamous words, Naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. But he finished it up, if you would, with this half dozen uh, so words. He said, Blessed be the name of the Lord. He worshipped when everything was bad. Job had caught the essence of worship. The third, the third illustration would be a fellow named Joshua. In Joshua chapter five, Colonel, General Joshua, General Joshua, the commander of the army of Israel, He's strategizing. He, he's trying to process, how am I going to take Jericho? How's all this going to happen? Now, now, God's already told him, he said, I'm going to give you the land of Canaan. Moses is now there. They want to cross, you know, they, they've crossed over the waters and now they're in Canaan. What am I going to do? Joshua chapter 5. He's processing. How am I going to overtake Jericho when an angel of the Lord I particularly believe in my in my my theology, my thinking. I believe that this angel of the Lord was none other than the pre-incarnate Christ that appeared in front of Joshua. As he appeared in front of Joshua, 
and begin to show him some things. What did Joshua do? With his face to the ground, the scripture says, Joshua worshiped. He didn't ask questions. He, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't try to, to, to figure all of this out. He just fell face to the ground and there he worshiped. Wasn't the most pleasant. It was a stressful time. It was a time Joshua was stressed out. You know, he was, his mind, his mind was frazzled. He didn't know what to do. But in the moment of not one knowing what to do, Joshua found himself worshiping. So I want us in this room today, I want us to, to take a, a, a time of, of self-examination. A time of self-examination when we begin to ask ourselves, when are we inclined to worship? When am, when am I inclined to worship? Are you inclined to worship when you just got that unexpected check in the mail from the government or whoever else it could be? Well, praise God. You know, we've done that before. We're here a while back living in the state of Virginia. We got a check back from our governor. And what was it? A hundred dollars, wasn't it? Was it a hundred dollars? Four hundred dollars? Oh, I only got a hundred. What'd you do with the other three? But we stop, we usually stop at the mail, you know, when we're pulling in, we stop and get the mailbox out and we pull it out. I said, what's this? Cause I had, I, I don't, I got to where I just don't watch the news, okay? It, it, you can, if you want to, you can. I just don't watch the news. Yeah, and, and I didn't know we was getting this rebate back in the state of Virginia and opening it up. Oh, golly gee whiz. I thought it was a hundred dollars. Four hundred dollars. And she, we're saying, we're going, woohoo, praise the Lord. Lord, don't make me eat my words. But what if the heat pump had just went out on the side of the house and the bill had been $4,000? Woohoo, praise the Lord. You, you follow what I, you follow what I'm saying? We, we find ourselves, when is it? When is it? Ask ourselves, when, when, when are we inclined to worship? Is it simply when all is going well? Or do we worship when nothing is going right? I don't know. I'm not God, so I can't say. I, you know, I, you know, I, I can't say that, that I'm so, so close to Him that, that I, I, He gives me inside answers because that's not true. Nobody's really that at that point. But here's the deal. Let me, let me say this to you. I just wonder sometimes in my mind, I ponder and I wonder if God doesn't get greater glory when we worship Him, when we've lost all of our animals, we've lost all of our family, we've lost all of our belongings, and now we're sitting here dying with skin boils all over us like Job. If we fall down and we worship Him then, if He don't get a little bit more glory out of that, then He worships us worship when we worship Him when we've just got a $400 tax rebate in the mail. When everything's gone south in our lives, when everything's falling apart, 
When everything's happening, if we really catch the essence of worship, when worship the Lord, not because of the circumstances we're in, not because the song that's being sung, not because of the preacher that is preaching, not because of any of those things, but we worship the Lord just simply because we love Him and our spirit is broken. And because our spirit is broken in Him, we'll worship Him. It doesn't matter if it's good days, bad days, or whatever's happening. Lord... We are going to worship you. There's one other guy I didn't mention. This guy's named Paul. Paul found himself in prison. Paul knew death was imminent. The Lord had already showed Paul. Paul knew death was coming. That he he would be a martyr. But yet Paul is... We know the stories. One of these, one of these Sunday evenings, we're going to watch the movie here, the Apostle Paul. We'll do it with some fellowship time. But listen, most of our minds don't comprehend how bad things were for Paul. Paul found himself in prison. He knew death was imminent. He was, he was strapped and chained to a wall. He was sitting in his own feces. He was, there were rats probably gnawing at his toes. There could, there were spiders, there were snakes, there was, you could not imagine the darkness of the prison that Paul was in. Yet in the darkness of his prison, with knowing what was forthcoming, Paul sang praises unto the Lord. See, his praise wasn't based. On his circumstance. His praise was based. On his broken heart. To the Lord. The essence of worship. The essence of worship is not found in the circumstances of our surrounding. But the true essence of worship is found in the condition of our heart. Hello? I want to leave you with just a handful of things here to remember. Four things I want you to remember about the essence of worship. Number one, there is never an inappropriate time to worship the Lord. Never an inappropriate time to worship the Lord. David failed, lost a son, but he still worshipped. Job lost all that he had, and he still worshipped. Joshua was engaged in the most intense battle of his life, but he chose to worship. Paul was facing his demise, and he still worshipped. Secondly, the essence of worship is a response to who God is and not the circumstances that are are around us. To David, God was the sanctifier. To Job, he was sovereign. To Joshua, he was the commander-in-chief. And to Paul, God was his sustainer. You see, they worshipped because of who God was, not because of their circumstance. Thirdly, when we've captured the essence of worship, we will no longer be prone to vacillate. I didn't say Vaseline. I said vacillate. When when we are given over to the essence of worship, we're never vacillating. It, it, we're not going to find ourselves being 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 able to worship in this circumstance. But I just can't worship. I just can't. I just can't worship now. No, when we 
when we find ourselves in the essence of worship, of realizing that, that, that Lord, our spirits are broken. My heart is broken, Lord. And I give myself over to you. And no matter what come up, uh, the other day, I, it's so good to see Joey and Mashana here this morning and we're praying for their family and the loss of Mr. Fred. But I, as, as I sat down at their house the other day, I shared the, to them my testimony uh, of after my first wife passed away suddenly. And I was driving down the road for, for months and months and months. I had not sensed the Spirit of the Lord like I wanted to. You know, we are Pentecostal, by the way. You know, we like that feeling. But feelings can sometimes be deceiving. And I was driving to Roanoke Hospital and I even was, I admitted all of my guilt to the Dumfords the other day right down there at their house. I said, I was driving a Ford. And I could take you to almost the exact mile marker as I begin to go down Christiansburg Mountain, as we call it, leaving Christiansburg, heading on towards Roanoke. I had a CD or a tape in the, in the, in the uh, player and it was of a couple that some of you all will recognize their name. It was Billy and Diana Mitchum. And I was listening to a new recording they had made. And, and, and I was just praying and talking to the Lord. And suddenly I found myself. I said, you know what, Lord? I said, if I don't ever sense your presence again, if I don't ever feel your presence again, if I don't ever know that you're, you're, you're around me ever again, I said, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to worship you anyway. And all of a sudden, the cab of my little red Ford truck was filled with the presence of the Lord. And I personally believe, because this is my testimony, so I can believe it however I want to, okay? But I personally believe the Lord just needed to hear me say that. And maybe He just needs to hear you say that. And we won't be vacillating, tossing to and fro. In fact, the Bible told us not to be tossed to and fro. Finally, once we have engaged the essence of worship, listen to me very carefully. When we have, when we have embraced or we have captured the essence of true worship, let me remind you, David was not a perfect man. Now the Bible says we all talk about Job was a perfect and upright man, but that didn't mean that was that meant meant in his faith. It didn't mean in his person. Job had some personal issues as well. Okay, Paul had some matters. Joshua had some matters. But once we have grasped the essence of worship, it will produce repentance. Worship will produce. Repentance. Repenting, you know, I, I mean, listen, I, I, I grew up, I grew up in that era, and as many of you all did too, and, and there's nothing wrong with the churches that still have altar rails up front, and, and, uh, you know, we used to, we used to have the altar rails going all the way across front. The little church I got saved in, it was a little Assemblies of God church, and they had an altar rail going across front, and, and, I would go over to that altar. I went up to that altar rail. Didn't even really know why I was going. I had never been. And and sometimes this is our idea of repentance. Since we don't have an altar railing, this is going to be my, the altar rail this morning. 
And our idea of repentance was this. Oh God! Oh! Oh, save me Jesus! Forgive me everything! Lord, save me Jesus! Lord, forgive me for shooting my neighbor's dog! Lord! My mother-in-law's cat just kept getting in my way. I, I couldn't help running over it. Lord, I want you to get the devil off my back. Bless his holy name. And that was our idea of repentance. That was our idea of repentance. The reality of it is, that's not repentance at all. That's confessing our sins. Almost sometimes to a fault. But but repentance is actually is changing our direction. It's turning our life around and beginning to walk in a direction. And that direction just happens to be in the direction of God. So when, when, when we have entered in, when we have captured the essence of worship, our lives, and, and listen, all of us, no doubt all of us have something in our life that we, we could repent of. But what it consists of is turning ourselves in an act of worship. We turn ourselves more and more and more over to God. To be just a little bit more like you, Lord. To give you all that we have. You know, I've been in all kinds of services in my life. A lot of you have to. I've seen people walk, literally walk the back of the pews. You say, I don't see no sense in that. Well, that's alright. They, they, they were blessed and that's okay. I saw, I saw a fellow one time. This has been many years ago, back before we got all sophisticated in holiness churches. And he had him a shouting spell in the church and he head butted a, 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 a tin heater, warm morning stove. Didn't even burn his head. Now, I'm not, we're not going to pull out no snakes or nothing like that, so don't be getting scared. But what I'm saying, though, there's a lot of things can, can and do happen. But listen, and as long as it's true worship, I don't have a problem with it. But here's what I'm saying to you. You may not ever walk the back of a pew. You may not ever headbutt a warm morning stove. You might not ever have carpet burns on your elbows or your nose. But let me tell you something. If you will submit your life to God and you will give Him your everything and you will do that as an act of worship, He will find that that is well-pleasing unto Him. You see, the essence of worship is not how... But you raise your hands on Sunday morning. Not whether you stand up or whether you sit down. Not whether you kneel. Not whether, not whether I'm preaching. Not whether the praise team sings a certain song. The essence of worship is found in submitting ourselves unto the Lord with a broken spirit. Saying, Lord, I come before you broken. David was a broken man. Job was a broken man. Joshua was a broken man. Paul was a broken man. God says, I want you to come to me broken and worship me. That's the essence of worship. You bow your heads, please. This morning, if there's anyone in this room that has never been saved, if you're in this room, if you, if you've never called on Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is a good day to do just that. 
If you're in this room and you've drifted far away from God and, and you're, you're that prodigal and you've, you've took a trip, go out and seek your fortune and you left your father behind. Today's a good day to come back home. So if you're in this room and you need to rededicate your life to the Lord or if you've never been saved before without any embarrassment, I just want you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me today. Anyone at all? Anyone at all? Okay. That's great. That's great news if everybody in this room is ready. I love it. But here's why I want us to, the question. I want you to look at me. As you look this way, I want to ask you a question. Is there anybody in this room that would say without any embarrassment? Because my hand, my hand's not going up as the illustration. My hand's going up because I'm guilty. Lord, I mean, I need to be more submissive to you. I need to capture the essence of worship. Amen. I want you to stand to your feet with, with, and, and I, it does, you know, hey, I'm not, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna contradict my preaching. You, you don't, you don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to, you don't have to do anything in particular, but, but I know, know you've been sitting a while, but just to free you up, even if you need to move out and give yourself some more space, I want right now, I want us to begin to audibly worship the Lord. Lord, we praise you, Lord, and we worship you today. Lord, we lift hands, we lift hearts, we lift our voices to you. But Lord, today more than anything else, I want my heart to be broken towards you. I want my heart to be a heart of worship. I want my heart to be a heart, Lord God, that is, that, that is broken and, and mellow before you. I want my heart, Lord, to be a, a heart, Lord God, that, that you find joy and you find pleasure in, Lord. Lord, I want my life to be a life of worship. I'm all, I want my life to illustrate my love for you. Lord, I want my life to, 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 to show forth, Lord, my dedication and my love, Lord, to you. God, let that be my heart of worship. Lord, let that be the essence of worship in my life. Lord, let me worship when everything has gone south in my life. May I still be a worshiper of you. God, when the wrong song is sung, Lord, may I still be a worshiper of you. Lord, when, when, when the circumstances around me don't come together to my favor like I want them to. Lord, may I still be faithful to worship you, Lord God. Lord, in the midst of storms, in the midst of trials, in the midst of persecution and tribulation, Lord, may I be a worshiper of you, Lord God. Change my heart. Mold my heart, God, that I may worship you and worship you in spirit and in truth, God. For today, today, Lord God, I live to worship you. I live to worship you, Lord. I live to worship you, Lord God. I exist to worship you, Lord. Lord, may I be a worship of Jehovah God. Lord, we bless you today. We praise you. We worship you.
Yes, Lord. Let us be pure in our It's all about you, you, Lord. It's all about you. That's what worship is. There's a story behind that song, and we don't have time to go into it this morning. But one of the greatest worship leaders and songwriters of our generation wrote that song. But the Holy Spirit checked his heart. If we take away all of the music, if we take away all of the lights... If we take away all of the atmosphere, am I truly a worshiper? Thank y'all for picking that one out. I did. No, you knew it. Worshiping the Lord, no matter what the circumstance. Worshiping the Lord, the essence of worship comes out of a broken spirit. Let the Lord break you today. Amen. If there's anybody in this room this morning needs special prayer, it could be a spiritual need. It could be an emotional, physical need. What? What is there anybody in this room this morning says, Pastor, I have a need and I want to be prayed for. I'd love to pray for you and, and some others will join us in, in doing so. Is there anybody in this room right now? Don't feel...